Danny and I both were saddened to learn last week of the passing of a friend to many of us in the Potter fan community, Nigel. You might have known Nigel from any number of conventions or fan meetups in recent years, or perhaps you just knew of him as the near-perfect Snape cosplayer. Danny and I only encountered Nigel once, at Mysticon 2019, but it was clear to us over those few days the energy he exuded and the gravitational pull his personality held for everyone around him. While we don't profess to be closer with Nigel than we were, we know a lot of our friends across the community are hurting right now, so we wanted to send our thoughts to his partner Hillary and anyone out there who might be mourning Nigel. Hey everybody, during today's episode, you'll hear Darren talk about a really cool new initiative that Transfiguring Adoption has underway right now, Push Up Your Fitness to Benefit Foster and Adoptive Kids. Creating Magic is launching a team to help support this initiative. Danny, tell the people what they've won. So to sign up and join our team, you would need to go to the website transfiguringadoption.com. From there, you can click on the push up your fitness little banner at the top, and that'll take you to the page that explains all the points and everything. Click on team member registration. Then you can sign up there under which team do you want to join creating magic podcast. And then for additional points, there's a section that said, did a friend ask you to join for us to get the points? You need to put either Steven's name or my name. So make sure you fill that out. And then you will be on our team. You might be asking yourself, what does it mean to join their team? What does it mean to be a part of the Creating Magic podcast team for Push Up Your Fitness to Benefit Foster and Adoptive Kids? That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. There are three different ways that you can support our team and support Transfiguring Adoption throughout this challenge. The first, sign up. Just by signing up you help us earn 50 points towards our team goal. Again, select Creating Magic Podcast from the drop-down menu and list either of our names, Steven or Danny. I'm sure we can talk with Darren. Muggle and Khakis or Mandrix and Mischief might get you there as well. You have to list one of our names to help us get those extra points. We get 50 points for every one of our friends who signs up to support both Creating Magic Podcast and Transfiguring Adoption. Second, the daily push-up post. This is 200 points. That's a lot of points, y'all. That's a snitch and a third. Post a video or a selfie on either Facebook or Instagram of you doing a push-up. And you might be saying to yourself, Stephen, you can't do a push-up. Why are you trying to tell me to do a push-up? And you'd be right. But luckily, Transfiguring Adoption is very loose with the rules on what it means to do a push-up. You can do a regular push-up. You can do a push-up on your knees. You can do a standing vertical pushing off of a wall push-up. So just keep that in mind. Post some form of visual proof that you're doing any form of one of those push-ups. And make sure to tag at transfigureadopt and use the hashtags pushupfosterkids and hashtag pushupadoption. And you get us 200 points every time you do that. So you do it one day, 200 points. You do it two days. 400 points. You do it three days, 600 points. And I could keep doing that for another 10 minutes. I won't because you understand math and multiplication. 
but that's how it works. Finally, of course, one of the ways that you can support Transfiguring Adoption and Creating Magic Podcast is by donating. For every $10 increment our team earns to support Transfiguring Adoption, we get 1,000 points. To donate, to sign up for the team overall, to learn more about the hashtags you need to use and who to tag on social media for the daily push-up post, you can go to transfiguringadoption.com slash push-up to learn more, to see the donation button, etc. That's really all there is to it. We're really excited to be supporting Darren and Transfiguring Adoption. They were our nonprofit partner for Magic from Home Con a year ago. Darren and his team do incredible work uh, to provide education and resources and support to both foster and adoptive children as well as their caregivers around the country. So we really couldn't be more proud for both this episode as well as to support them in any way we can moving forward. Hope to see you on our team. I don't like losing. The winner gets a trophy. I really want a dang trophy. So please sign up. Please, if you're already doing push-ups, just take a photo and, and, and you know leverage that. If you're not doing push-ups, try doing a push-up. And if you are able to support financially, of course, Transfiguring Adoption would love that too. Really hope to see you there on our team. And thanks for the support. Anyway, here's our episode with Darren. Talk to y'all soon. Today we're here with Steven. Guess who's back, 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 back again, again, again. Darren's back, back, back. Tell a friend, friend, friend. Guess who's back, 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 guess who's back. Transfiguring adoption. Da-da-da-da-da. That's all I got. Welcome back, Darren. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. I got to tell you, it's nice to be here in 20. I made it. I made it to 2021. Yes. There were doubts. There were, <laughs> there were pools being taken. People were trying to figure out when the demise would come and it's not happening. Still alive. Yeah. You know, I probably would make an argument that I've weirdly enough gotten better over the past year. I don't really know how that's possible, but I'm feeling okay. I mean, look, obviously from like a macro standpoint, there's a lot of terrible things that have happened the past year, but like Steven personally, like my life is like somewhat stable right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to mark that up as like a draw. Oh, maybe like COVID's like your superpower. Maybe it's like, uh, <laughs> maybe it's like your anti-kryptonite. Oh goodness. Um, well, on that note, certainly it's great to see your face again and hear your voice. You know, we keep up with you on social media um, but for a lot of our listeners, the first time they may have engaged with you is at Magic from HomeCon, weirdly enough, almost a calendar year ago, as scary as that is to say. Um, so for people who maybe want a refresher or for listeners who are hearing you for the first time, do you want to do a little bit of an intro on yourself and maybe your um, Harry Potter house and favorite character, as well as a bit of an intro on Transfiguring Adoption. Yeah, uh, I'm Darren Fink. I am personally, I am a foster and adoptive dad. Uh, I uh, went to school to study art and have used that uh, barely at all, really. Um, but I have written a children's book. And so the art background gave me uh, the creativity that I needed to uh, create a children's book. I have one more coming out in 2021. 
uh, this year. So watch for uh, a guide to magical creatures around your home, Gruitz Hope. Um, and let's see, my favorite character in Harry Potter. That is going to be a tough one. It always is, but today it is Neville Longbottom. And it's because he is so complex. His whole storyline is just so complex because the kid, you just think from book one that you get him, that he's the, the bumbling idiot. And then as the whole series progresses, there you just peel the onion back and you discover that there are so many layers to Neville that uh, even to the point where he could be the chosen one. Like, so there are just so many layers to Neville that he's just so amazing. Uh, my house is, ra actually I'm a hat stall. I'll take that back. I'm a hat stall, but I, I did Ravenclaw one out because I am artsy and creative. Uh, but my hat stall is with Slytherin House. So uh, shout out to the snakes. I'm, I'm with you on there. Uh, if, the, if the claws throw me to the curb, I'm, I'm coming your way. Um, transfiguring adoption. So uh, one thing, I love talking about transfiguring adoption. I am the president of transfiguring adoption. It's a nonprofit. Uh, we started by using the Harry Potter series to help uh, show parents how they can talk and, and talk with their kids, engage with them, and help kids process through trauma. It's since grown into a 501c3 that we use uh, different movies, books, and video games, and we show parents, again, how to talk with their kids to process trauma, and we also use just everyday play and show parents how they can use everyday play to help their kids. So um, we're really excited. It's gone way further than the, the Potter fandom, but we always love talking with the Potter fans because they're our most loyal and we have the most fun with you guys, actually. You know, I never really thought of myself in any way, shape or form as a stand in for Neville Longbottom until you described him. Oh, I'm going to forget the exact wording, but fool idiot whatever you said before and then he gets better over time and i'm like that's probably how the listeners feel about me like the first couple episodes they're like oh boy he's pretty uh. and then you know redeeming qualities show up danny's shaking her head in not such a reassuring way i love neville longbottom and i have never equated him to you is that because you've always thought of me as more than just a lovable fool and instead a always highly valued, never disrespected member of this podcast community? This is where you highly say valued yes. Nope. Through the nope. <laughs> this is where you say yes. There was yes. a lot of thinking in there. I even heard that one. There was a lot of thought that went into that. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, seeing as Danny doesn't want to give me a compliment, so we'll just move straight past that. Um, I do love, just as you you touched on it briefly there in your intro for Transfiguring Adoption, I do love thinking through some of the prompts that you post for your reviews of different types of non-Potter content. Um, so I, you know, I, so I remember seeing recently, you know, Wonder Woman 84, um, Soul, um, I believe I saw like a Star Wars something or other on there at one point somewhat recently. Yeah, there is uh, Lego put out a uh, holiday version of Star Wars. So yeah, that one, I remember that one actually. I actually went, one of our reviewers did that and I actually watched it because I was like, no way, there's a Lego Star Wars for Christmas? Yes! Uh, <laughs> and so I'll tell you what I enjoy besides just being informed of, of, you know, entertainment that I didn't know existed out there is 
you know, as someone who through this podcast loves to take thought experiments and really dig deep into thematics and, and kind of subliminal messaging, uh, it, it's fun to think about different types of media just through a different lens. And, you know, obviously as someone that obviously, you know, this certainly maybe the listeners don't, although 55 episodes probably should at this point, I'm not somebody who has, you know, children of my own foster or otherwise, right? Like, so I, I don't think about it through that one specifically, but it's fun for me to think about, you know, going through grief and how Wonder Woman 84 can, so it, it's, it's been a really fun thing for me to follow your content over the past year because of that. Not really a question, yeah, just kind of a, a statement. No, it's, you know, it's funny because um, I, so w- one thing that you're talking about that is our main project that we do is our media review project. And it's, so we have reviewers that they, they're different than the t- typical reviewer and that they're, they're trauma informed. So all of our reviewers have been through either some training or they have personal experience with understanding how trauma works, how it affects the brain and how um, 100% of kids in foster care or that have been adopted have been through some sort of trauma, even if that's merely means that they've been separated from their birth family. And it, um, it, it impacts them tremendously, um, with their brain chemistry and different things. So it's interesting because some of the things that you're seeing with our reviews and on our social media, while you have different websites that are looking at like the common sense media review that they're, they're watching and they're telling, like there's literally one that I've seen where they, they count the number of swear words and they tell you at what like timestamp it's going to be at. So like you could, you know, where every F bomb is going to be dropped. And I'm like, dear Lord, someone's got some time on their hands. Bravo. But like, um, with us, it's different because our kids are coming from a trauma background. So most foster kids, I shouldn't say most, some foster and adoptive kiddos can swear and use it better than we can. So they've already been exposed to that. So we're not checking that stuff. What we're checking for is, are there different trauma triggers in there that are going to remind a child and make them mentally and emotionally relive the the trauma from their past. So, I mean, we're, we're, so we all get it. We're, we're Potter fans. There are times that Harry relived, like something would come literally almost with Voldemort, like being in his head, he would literally relive something. Um, That's what our kids are doing. They're reliving something in, in their head. And it might be something as simple as watching Frozen and watching mom and dad die in the first three minutes and think, I mean, we've had, we have kids that have experienced their parents' death firsthand. And so then you watch a Disney movie where you're watching the parents die. Um, and that, that can make them relive the whole experience where most of us are just like, Oh, it's Disney. It's fun. It's, it's going to be, we're going to sing songs and we're going to build a snowman where a child sitting in the movie theater might be thinking, uh, dear Lord, get me out of here. And they don't have the articulation because it's a kiddo. Like they, they don't have the articulation to say, you know, this really reminds me of my past and I'm feeling uneasy and a little anxious right now. I wonder if you wouldn't mind taking me outside to the lobby and holding my hand and give me a hug. Like they don't know how to do that. So what happens is they start screaming and flailing their arms and out of control. And meanwhile, you know, we're the people three seats down going, what is wrong with that kid? And why won't the parents take care of it? And so this is, this is the reason like our reviews exist and what we're looking at 
and what we're trying to help parents do. And after that happens, our reviewers are then trying to help parents figure out like, what do you talk about? How do you engage with this child and talk about these things to get through it? So I want to, that's all very good information. And those reviews can all be found on your social media. I know that. And we'll shout out those towards the end. But um, I want to backtrack a little and start with kind of your Harry Potter origin story and how that led into transfiguring adoption. Oh, so you're saying that I got too excited and just jumped the shark on the agenda here? My bad. You're the yeah. best co-host, Stephen. Look, in my defense, no one gave me like a walkthrough or like a guide for this. I kind of just... 50 plus episodes, Stephen. Well... <laughs> No, but I will posit, I will posit, <laughs> thank you very much, that this episode is kind of like Passover. It's a little bit different than every other episode we do because this night shall be different than every other night because we slash our listeners know Darren to some varying extent. We slash our listeners uh, hopefully know Transfiguring Adoption to some extent and beyond Simply, not simply, that's fast, that's kind of facile. Beyond solely discussing either Transfiguring Adoption or Darren's Harry Potter story, we were trying to find some melding of the two. So I decided to jump in by talking about what I really enjoy about Transfiguring Adoption. And there are many things, not least of which my owl plushie, which I have in my Potter room, proudly on my shelves. My sister has hers in Georgia as well. So I would just like to say that like Passover, this night is different than every other night because we recline at the dinner table and we eat unleavened bread. Anywho, Darren, how did Harry Potter first come into your life? And how does that eventually transition into you being the president and I believe co-founder? Um, I, know, I know some form of founder, I forget if there's a co there, um, of Transfiguring Adoption. Yeah, so, so the backstory. The backstory is that um, we, so I, I, like I said before, I'm a foster adoptive dad. So I, I was, my, my wife and I are, are unable to have children. Um, and so uh, we, we had already decided in, in our, in our marriage that before we got married, that, that adoption would be something that we'd be interested in. It was something my wife um, wanted to do even as a little girl. She just knew that that's something she wanted to do. So um a lot of couples really have a hard time with not being able to have their own kids. For us, it wasn't as big of a grieving process because we're just like, oh, okay, now we go on to adoption. Um, so, so we started doing foster care. Um, fast forward to we have um, four, we, we've had several kids that we fostered and then we have four that we adopted. We're sitting at the table one day because we're gonna celebrate all the adoptions. We're gonna go down to Universal Studios in Orlando. Uh, we're going to have this big, never before seen vacation for two weeks. And our kids have, ne have been bounced around. Um, some of them for seven years, they were in seven different homes. And so they never, no one ever stopped to say, hey, do you know how to read? Or, hey, do you know your alphabet? Or, so they wanted to watch the Harry Potter movies. And we're like, before we went to the Wizarding World, and we're like, yeah, no, we're going to read the books together because we're going to get you interested in reading. So we read the first chapter of the Sorcerer's Stone and my, my 12 year old at the time, son, he, he broke down crying. First chapter, it's not that sad. It's not that emotional. Um, 
and and for a 12 year old boy that isn't really connected with you yet that's weird too because most 12 year old boys that i know that are like you don't really know them they have a chip on their shoulder or like they have a macho like kind of sense to them so so for me i was like okay we have someone crying we need so connect talked with them stopped said hey what's going on he verbally vomited all of this like past trauma and past stuff that had happened to him. And this is a kid too, just so you guys understand how, what a big deal it was for him to share all this stuff. He's a kid that also has aphasia type of thing. So he, one second he could be talking about all these words and then the next few seconds later, can't remember the words at all. He also has, he's has a, like a, a, he dissociates his emotions so um, he might not know that he's happy. He doesn't know that he, he literally could be angry and want to punch you in the face. And he would say he's fine because he just, he has no clue. So for him to be able to say, this is how I feel. This is, um, and point into the chapter and say, see how Harry feels here or see how this character feels. It gave him language. It gave my son language and be able to communicate with us. And that's huge for him to be able to communicate with us and to be able to relate with the characters in the story. So. Um, while I was already associated, like I already had read all the Harry Potter books and I was totally sold and into them. Um, this just kind of took it one step further where I was like, no, <laughs> it's going to become a bigger thing. My kids wanted to make a blog where they're like, hey, let's talk to other families about what they need to talk about in these books. Um, so we started doing that. When we got back from vacation, you guys, well, even on vacation, we... Like, I love talking with people, especially when I'm, like, I'm around the park and I'm like, they don't, they're not doing the typical thing. Like, they have a video camera and a microphone and they're talking. I'm like, I asked a few people, they were live vlogging and we just started talking with them. And they're like, oh, yeah, we follow you guys on Instagram. What do you mean? We just started this a week ago and we haven't been advertising it or anything. No, we follow. This is you guys, right? And they showed the smartphone. I'm like, yep, that's us. Got back home. The local newspaper had Googled our blog. And because um, they were looking for Harry Potter stories to do uh, and they found our blog and they wanted to do a story on us. So from there, it just kind of like became this thing where we're like, OK, we're going to get so sued because it's a fun family blog and the kids called it Hogwarts Adoption. So we're so sued. Like we're like so we talked to an attorney and he's like, yeah, you're changing the name yesterday. And we so it became Transfiguring Adoption. And like I said, it's now it's. Um, it got its starts with Harry Potter. And from there, we got asked to go to Comic Cons and different Harry Potter events. And it's been it's been amazing to really touch out with the fans because now it's become more of a movement than just like the Fink family doing a fun blog. That's been the fun transition and watching it grow. I know one of the things that you guys do, because before I have ever interacted with you, I saw you at the parks because of certain hats that you guys have. Yes. Yeah. You want me to tell about that? Yeah. There, so we have this uh, group called the Elf Squad. And that came about from like where I said we were getting invited to comic cons in different places. So we had this gal that kept seeing us at different cons. And she was really wanted to get involved with what we were doing and helping kids. And we didn't know what we were doing at the time at all. Like we, like I said, we were a family blog and that's all we were doing. And so we, we kind of knew how to interact with professionals, but we didn't know what to do with all of the, like, we didn't know what to do with the other fandom, like the fandom community. Like, and so she came up and she's like, 
you guys really suck at this. We're like, thanks, thanks. Yes, we do. And so she, from there, she kind of made this grassroots group called Elf Squad. Um, and it's kind of morphed into, it's, it's had to morph, especially through the COVID pandemic, um, where it's this virtual group of people. And the hats that you're talking about, we have these, um, these uh, elf hats that um, look like a certain elf um, from a magical book that I don't know if I'm allowed to say <laughs> as the president of Transfiguring Adoption. Um, so yeah, they, these kits have those and they're really neat because they, the kits have all these fun, cool merch things in them that are elf-like, but what they do is they're a yearly subscription and every year we come out with a new uh, metal sock pin that uh, is, is designed to represent one of the other characters from, it's inspired by one of the characters. This year it's inspired by Luna Lovegood is 2021 because we thought 2020 was like insane and crazy and unique. So we're like, it was a Luna Lovegood year. So it's uh, the sock pin this year is inspired by Luna. Um, but our members, like they, it's just, it's a small way for people to be able to help and get this really cool merch that helps to advertise what we're doing. But it also helps to fund like the programs that we're talking about and the projects that we're doing. And it's just a, it's like I said, a simple way to reach out. So I know a lot of your presentations were at conventions and obviously most of those, all of those have been canceled. Not even most at this point. It's all of them. We're hoping to have something in the fall, but how has that affected you guys? Because I know you lean a lot on conventions happening for funding. Yeah, so it's, it's 2020 was rough. The Magic from HomeCon actually gave us a shot in the arm when we did that with you guys last year. And that was probably one of our only events that we did. Um, that allowed us to publish the uh, therapeutic activity book that we did. And so that was a major win for us last year. But unfortunately, everything else was canceled and and when unfortunately because we rely so heavily on um our, our the potter fandom and, and comic cons and different places like that to help fund us because when we go there we we not only get donations from people but we're we're selling like our plushy owls our elf squad kits our different things like that so people are really coming and they're buying merch and they're donating and they're really coming behind this so when the covid pandemic hit it just all left. And so, I mean, you can, I mean, that's just all of our funding right there is uh, all of our natural funding. So, I mean, some of the, the issues that we saw immediately where we had to have an emergency meeting and just talk with our, our staff and our crew, we had to go to our media review staff. We had to ask our reviewers or said, Hey guys, we need to pitch everyone on a, everyone, the whole nonprofit is going on a pay freeze. So uh, if you guys don't want to stick around, you don't have to stick around. We get it, but, uh, we can't afford to pay you for what we're doing. So you're, and the really cool thing that we saw with that was that we have so many reviewers that are just passionate about doing this, that for the most part, most of them stuck around and they're still, they've kept it going. They've, they've kept everything surviving and, and, and moving. Um, and we've still been able to get help parents and do different things. Um, but we're not thriving. So that's, I think the scary part. And, and to be honest too, is except for the magic from home con, we're, we're, we're away from our fan base too, which the, 
you guys are our, our, our cheerleaders, right? So it's, we, we do a lot of online resources, which means that you don't have someone. It's like being on social media, right? You might put a really cool Facebook post out there, Instagram post, but no one's commenting and saying this changed my life. They might've just liked it and it changed their life or had an impact on them. So you're not hearing how you really helped someone. But when we go to cons, like we're hearing from fans, we're hearing from people and it kind of gives you the cheerleading, like, yes, we can keep going. We can keep doing this. And so not only were we disconnected from our, our funding, but we're disconnected from our fans and just the people that kept us going and kept us passionate. So 2020 was rough. We had to discover um, who we were as an organization and how we were going to keep going. So it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to say that when we got to the end of 2020, uh, we actually thought that we were going to be um, over $10,000 in the hole um, if we hadn't done anything, if we'd have just kept continuing and pretend like nothing was wrong and we were all good. Um, we were able to, um, like I said, we came out, um, our staff came together and they did things for free. We had other volunteers come and help us do things for free um, so that we we minimized all that and we're we're fine today. So um, we're, we're surviving, I should say we're surviving. So we're hoping, um, that going into 2021, we're having to look at doing more virtual events and virtual fundraising to actually get parents the help that they need. Well, following that thought line a little further, what, I guess a hybrid question would be, you know, along the lines of seeing the enthusiasm that a lot of your volunteers and reviewers had kind of after you made the operating switch kind of mid pandemic, right? What else did you learn about transfiguring adoption as like a net positive heading into 2021 and kind of as a follow-up, what, what can we look forward to? Like, what are the big initiatives that you guys really want to tackle this year? So I think what I learned about transfiguring adoption is that um, one of the things that we had to really start pushing is, we're, we're starting to do a lot. It had to become a virtual presence, right? Like even like I talked about with our elf squad, our elf squad were a lot, usually a lot of people that in different cities or different places, they would get together locally and we would just kind of keep tabs on them a little bit um, on what they were doing. But because of that COVID, no, no one's wanted to meet together for a year. So we've seen our elf squads change into they're just an online presence now, which is it's not bad. It's just different. Right. I've seen that we've had to flex with things fast and quickly. Um, and one thing you're always wondering as an entrepreneur, um, a lot of things you hear our companies will go under because they don't flex with the times or they don't change. Um, they're not meeting the demands. And it was just really neat to see our volunteers um, just on board with immediately, like, you know, everything from the pandemic, everything's becoming virtual. And our volunteers are like, so what do we do for parents if we can't meet with them or we can't go somewhere or we can't? And immediately, like, people had the ideas, let's do an online movie watch party. And like, because parents will watch a cartoon on Zoom like we'll all like hit play together and watch Lilo and Stitch or something. And the parents, all of the adults will talk with each other and we'll kind of heckle the movie or we'll just talk on Zoom while the kids are all busy watching the movie. And what the reason that was such a cool idea was because it gave parents 
time to get some adult time because you had foster parents that like they couldn't get to their support system. So they couldn't get to other adults or therapists or people they needed to for help. And so we're trying to figure out how do we get to them then? And our answer was, well, we use movies. So let's put, let's do the electronic babysitter for a little while and let's let mom and dad talk with us on Zoom. So it was just, a, it, it was neat to watch people flex and move with that. It was neat to watch. Um, I mean, we had, um, we were so excited before the pandemic that we were, we were actually starting to get like part-time paid staff, like very part-time, but it, it, but it, for us, it was new and it was amazing. And it was exciting. Like I said, pay freeze. So it just felt like, so it was neat to watch um, people that were just starting to make something. And they said, don't worry about it. I'm good. I'll figure it out. And, and they kept going. So um, for me, it was, seeing that people were owning this and they saw that they're that they wanted children to have a successful future they wanted to they wanted to look at people like neville that had had traumatic pasts where or neville's parents were you know literally driven insane and he had to live with that and and maybe with his grand that didn't have the most compassion all the time there are people that want to help people like neville that have had those horrible experiences and want them to be a success um, right now, uh, one thing that we're doing is we have, uh, a push-up challenge that we're doing. Uh, it's a virtual online, uh, event. So it's, we want to put a little spin on it though, because we don't like doing things just like, Hey, let's post that. Like we always like to do things in relationship or have fun or do it in teams. So we have, uh, the push-up challenge right now, you, you do teams and because we like to keep our Potter roots teams are playing for points so that they can try to win the event trophy. And we're going to make it an annual thing where people try to get their name on the event trophy. Um, it's already a lot of fun. We actually have the two teams that are duking it out right now. The event hasn't even started yet and they're already like bantering and stuff like that. Uh, we have the slug club and band of witchers and they are like hardcore going at it with each other. It is so much fun. Danny, I'm talking this into existence right now. Let's get a creating magic team assembled. And I'm not sure if I'm willing to do any push-ups because that's not going to end well for anybody Your involved. idea, you're doing it. Yeah. Let me, let, me, let me say right now, though, because that is a big thing that's coming up, is um, so we modify the push-ups. So you literally, if that's all you can do is stand by a wall and push off the wall standing up, we're okay with that. Because the end goal is to help kids and not to be, we have people that are like trying to like actually move. We have some people that can't do it. And so they are pushing off the wall and their goal for this event is to make it so they can get from there to actually doing it with their knees. So, I mean, you can modify it and do whatever you have to do. That, you can was, do it, that was the best caveats you ever could have provided. Yeah, I think I can do that. Um, <laughs> This challenge, I was doing my research, push up your fitness uh, to benefit foster and adoptive kids. It runs through April 10th. So at the time of release, that'll give people what, like three weeks? That's not right, Danny? Two and a half weeks? That seems roughly right to me. This episode's going out on the 18th yeah. uh, of March. Yeah, so, that'll yeah. be right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, really excited to do that. For anyone who wants to learn more about the challenge, you can go to transfiguringadoption.com slash pushup. Uh, while you're on the Transfiguring Adoption website, I would be remiss if I didn't encourage you to purchase an Owl plushie. Because again, of all of the, what I generally call Potter-inspired merch that I have in my apartment, um, the story, the cuteness, the meaning, and just the overall value of the owl plushie I adopted um, is one of my favorite things I have in my collection. So um, transfiguringadoption.com, transfiguringadoption.com slash push up for the challenge. Uh, hope to see you all there. Well, before we move on to some other Potter related things, what other ways can people help transfiguring adoption? Yeah, so um, probably the best way is if, again, we mentioned the, the push up challenge, um, they can head over to our Facebook page, our Instagram. Um, while we're still coming out of the pandemic, um, our elf squads are regrouping. We actually are, I, I will, you know, I didn't even think about this. I'll throw this out there. We are looking for someone that would be interested in leading our elf squad because it is in flux right now. Um, and, and the elf squad, again, you guys is, is, is our, it's our volunteer base of Potter fans. Um, so the reason it's in flux, like I mentioned before, is it's now becoming all virtual because we just don't have enough people that are that are comfortable enough meeting in person. That might change with the va vaccines and different things going on. But for the time being, people just aren't going to be comfortable meeting in, in person in different groups. And we just don't have that one person that wants to lead uh, nationally, lead people online. So we are looking for that. Uh, you can give me an email at Darren at transfiguringadoption.com, D-A-R-R-E-N at transfiguringadoption.com. And I'll point you in the right direction if you're interested in that. If not, if you can ever just follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and just share our information out there, that's probably the biggest magical thing that people can do because um, our, one of our biggest enemies is that we're obscure. We're still a young enough organization that just people don't know we even exist. And so every time someone just says, hey, check this out um, on social media, it's a huge, huge win for us. Is all your social media under Transfiguring Adoption? Yeah, so you should be able to uh, just search Transfiguring Adoption. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, in, in a good social media order where they, you don't have enough characters, it's at transfigure, T-R-A-N-S-F-I-G-U-R, adopt. So we had that fun without enough, without enough characters. You just, you got to get creative. Yeah, that happened on our Twitter account. <laughs> so... Let's move into some Potter opinion questions from you. There are no right or wrong answers depending on what questions Stephen asks. So let's start easy. Which book is your favorite and which is your least favorite? Oh, this is hard. Okay, so I would have to say that... Order of the Phoenix 
is probably my favorite because, and I, I hate, because I, I love the whole, I just love the whole camaraderie and everything. Like you have the suspense and everything that's happening in there. Um, like things are actually starting to move. I feel like in the overall plot with like, with what's going on with Voldemort and his followers and everything like that. And you really have people that are starting to like, you have um, Dumbledore's army and everything. Like everyone's just coming up and there's, you really have things that are starting to happen. And so, and I, and I feel like the, the characters and the personalities, like we, we know these, these people by now, um, like Harry's not just Harry, Neville's not just Neville. Um, we, we've, we've been through so much with them at that point. And they're really starting to come out of their shells and coming into who they are as people and what their strengths are. And so, yeah, I think Order of the Phoenix is probably by far, they, there are so many things that they left out too, like of the movies with Order of the Phoenix that I feel like the only way to really experience that one is through the book, by the way, if you want my opinion on that one. Um, least favorite, oh, geez. Probably, mm, golly, that's hard. Probably, I don't know. Help we me asked, out here. We ask no. the tough questions here at Creating Magic. I mean, seriously, what am I thinking of? Third, third, why am I, I'm blanking on third title. Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban. Probably that one. Just because, I don't know, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I just feel like, I feel like even like with the movie, like when my kids want to put the movie on, I'm just like, oh, yawn, do we have to watch that? Like, I just feel like it's, I don't feel like it has as much to, I don't even know how to put it into words. It just doesn't have as much to offer as the other books. Like, I just feel like we're, I don't feel, I don't know. I, it's just, it doesn't do it right for me. I don't even know how to go with that one. That one's rough, you guys. Ouch. They're just going to get harder from here, aren't they? That's, that's all in your perspective, Darren. <laughs> These questions are nothing else if not an exercise in perspective. Um, here's one we've never asked before, Danny, so I'm throwing a curveball at you because even if you did give me a guide for today's conversation, this wouldn't be on there. Um, what is your favorite, most interesting, most bizarre memory from a Harry Potter, you know, fandom-related convention. Ooh, most bizarre, huh? Because you have to see a lot of stuff when you're when you're at these conventions. Yeah, no, I do, and I have like that's there. There's so much fun because there are just so many. There's so many people. Um, there's so many types of people that it's just so much fun. Um, so heartwarming thing that I have seen is I have seen I've come back multiple times at different cons to my wife holding people sobbing into her um where um but there were some times that like I wasn't quite sure 
what was going on. Like it kind of looked like, like there, there were a couple of times where they were sobbing so hard. They were on their knees. Like they fell down to the ground. Like, and so I thought we were getting sued because I thought they tripped over something or did like, I'm like, like they would leave. And I'm like, what happened? Are we getting sued? And she's like, no, 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 no. They were, they're, 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 they're a foster parent. Or, or one time it was a foster, former foster kid. And, and they're like, no, they're just really touched by what we do. And they just started crying. Um, uh, another heartwarming one is, uh, and then I'll, I'll do some more fun ones, but like this. So the first time we ever did a con, like I didn't know what I was doing. I, I mean, I've been to cons, but I didn't know what I was doing as far as being at one and do it like, so like even our table looked like a science kid did it right like a science like high school project like I had like the cardboard like trifold thing because we didn't have any like professional anything like and we had like one t-shirt for sale and one sticker so it very much looked like I was a high school kid and I just like set up some stuff so like um and our shirt had it was our lightning bolt theme shirt that said um my shirt helped a foster child because not all scars are lightning shaped and so there's this lady walking by and she kind of was walking, looking at things and she kind of stopped, you know, backed up, looked at our table some more, kept looking at the shirt. She's kind of feeling the shirt. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. We're, we're, we're now petting our shirt. Okay. And she wouldn't say anything to me. And she's just sitting there staring at it. And all of a sudden she starts bawling and I'm like, okay, now we're crying and we're bawling at the table. And people were walking by and literally looking at me and stopping, trying to figure out if they needed to confront me because they thought I did something to her. So like, that was like this weird, but to come to find out again, she was like a former foster kiddo and she just was really touched by the shirt. The other ones though, you guys, I love the Harry Potter books. I have read the Harry Potter books multiple times with various people. I do not ever claim to be know why we use certain punctuation here or semicolons or I literally have had people come up at cons and say, they're like, so you help foster kids. Yes, we help that. I can tell you longer, but yeah, that's the short of it. All right. So in the Sorcerer's Stone, J.K. Rowling on page three used a semicolon instead of a period at, like I literally had this conversation with someone and they kept going about a semicolon. Why did J.K. Rowling use a semicolon instead of a period on page whatever and kept going? And did that change the meaning of the whole book and telling me how it, it, it affected the whole plot? And I'm like, and they looked at me wanting me to answer. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, how do you guys answer that? Why did J.K. Rowling use a semicolon instead of a period? Why did she do that? <laughs> like, I don't know. So yes, I have some diehard fans that have like come and I thought I was like, I thought I was pretty good. Like, again, like I love the Harry Potter books, but evidently I am not a diehard fan. And that is what I've learned going to cons. I will say, and a massive shout out to the West Wing, uh, for teaching me this fact, there is a period in the Declaration of Independence that may or may not be like uh, an extra ink dot. And depending on how you interpret it, could change your entire uh, interpretation of the Declaration of Independence. So 
I have no idea what specific syntax related error we're talking about relative to Harry Potter, but I am here for the debate. Let me just say that. You're such a Hufflepuff. Yes, and that in and of itself just started a debate. Um, what are some other good questions? If you could teach any subject at Hogwarts, what subject would it be? Oh, transfiguration. Well, that no, felt, I mean, it's not even, it's not, yeah, that was a low hanging fruit, wasn't it's it? It's not even because it's in our name, but come on, like you get to change stuff into other stuff. That's awesome. I would, yeah, I would totally go for that. I don't know. I think, okay, so the one that I wouldn't go for is, I, I don't, I'm, this is where my Slytherin takes over, you guys. I don't think I would do Defense Against the Dark Arts. And I, that the reason I think that's my Slytherin side is because it's my self-preservation side. And my like, I would rather do things on the down low and, and get to the end by jumping through hoops and making networking and doing deals rather than have to go face the big troll, mountain troll face-to-face with my defense against the dark arts. Okay, but here's a really good transfiguration morality question for you. In one of the books, I forget exactly which one, because why would I come prepared with that knowledge? Uh, McGonagall teaches the students Vera Verto, which turns rats into water goblets. Is it ethical to transfigure animals into inanimate objects? Um, this says a lot about what type of professor you would be. So yeah. answer wisely. Answer wisely. Ooh, I'm a Ravenclaw. So let's see. Um, I, so people are not going to like, they'll love my daughter because my daughter would say it's absolutely unethical and the poor rat. Actually, my wife would say that too. And she's a Ravenclaw. My daughter's a Hufflepuff. Uh, but, but I hear it coming already. But it's a rat. <laughs> I'm gonna get letters. I retract my email that I gave out. Let <laughs> see. But then my question is: You're turning a rat into a goblet. Do you really want to drink out of a goblet that used to be a rat? Well, it depends how, how good am I? How good am I at the spell? <laughs> Any press is good press, right, dude? <laughs> I mean, if we want to go the movie way and we look at Ron's goblet, his goblet had like fur and a tail. So no, no. At that point, it becomes self-preservation. I'm in the desert. I have my pet rat and there is a, a some sort of water source, but I have to have a goblet. So I am now turning my rat into a furry goblet. But let's say I'm a Gonaga level and it's totally a glass crystal. Then it's no longer, okay, so here's the thing now. It's no longer a rat, it is a water goblet. But I, I, I would posit that people who are still uncomfortable with that are gonna be like the people who say, a gummy worm is still a horse's hoof. So like, no matter what the end product is, I still know where it came from. I'm not, look, I, I'm not saying I agree with those people. I love a good gummy bear. I'm gonna eat gummy bears till I die. Um, but I understand their point of view. I love Protego Foundation and Tyler Starr. 
can I can I just say that? Like, <laughs> does that redeem me at all? That'll lessen at least twenty five percent of the hate. I, I call I call on my friend Tyler Star. Help. <laughs> <laughs> So long, so long as we are Akioing them into the conversation, I will say big win for the Protego Foundation um, the other day, week, time is a social construct. Um, I saw the announcement um, about getting Warner Brothers to stop using live owls in their future uh, live productions. Not sure when live productions are going to be a thing ever again, oh. but um, Protego Foundation was cited as one of the driving forces behind that change in policy. So shouts to them. So as we are aware, we are getting tons of new Star Wars content and tons of new Marvel content. What Wizarding World content would you like to see? Doesn't matter. No like, limits. Like as a, okay. So like, like Star Wars has the Mandalorian, like, and we have WandaVision. Uh, you know, I think I just really, I want to see like, I want to see like Hogwarts the next class. And I would really like to see like not only like the next class, but another spinoff would be someone is going as an exchange student from Hogwarts to Ilvermorny. I'm really, I'm, I really imagine you guys that we don't know more about Ilvermorny. Like I, I'm so, I was so looking forward to learning more about Ilvermorny from the Fantastic Beasts films. Like you have no idea. Cause I just, I felt like the online content that was written really got me thinking that we were going to learn a little bit more about like how the Salem witchcraft trials and our history and, and just like our, our, our specific type of culture compared to the UK, like impacted the wizarding world here. And so I was really excited. And then I just felt like I felt let down because I just don't feel like I know as much. So yeah, like that would be, that would be mine is a Hogwarts exchange student goes to Ilvermorny and they have to like figure out how to live in this nomad world where like, cause I mean, come on, seriously, like you have to like, you come from Hogwarts where it's, you're re relatively open, can do magic. You just can't do it in front of muggles and you just have to like, you, you know, you just, there's relatively a lot you can do in the UK with your magic, but then you go over to America and it is like, no, no, we do not do it. We can't even like, we're not supposed to associate ourselves with the nomads or anything like, and everything is very secret and hidden. Like how would that play out? And there's only one school really, is there really only one school in the States? So much. Yes. Make that one to happen. Cause now I really want it. See, I'm out on American wizarding society writ large. Like I think Fantastic Beasts has just ruin is a strong word, but really soured me on the larger American wizarding society, but specifically to get like basically what I want Warner Media to do with the original canon, which is like a Game of Thrones style series going retelling the original seven books. I would love to see like an in-depth kind of show that just goes through life at Ilvermorny, the school. Like if we narrow in the lens of the American Wizarding Society to solely like Ilvermorny and just like a coming of age story, you know, in, in the halls of that campus, I'd be here for that. That would be really cool. That'd be fun. I would, I would do it. 
I would love to learn more about most of the wizarding, all the wizarding schools. Well, and what, okay, so. Wakadoo, right? That's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. It would be so, well, and then what happened, okay, so if we focus in on Ilvermorny, then what happened on the west side of the states? Like, there has to be, like, Native or Aboriginal Americans, like, what did they do? Like, there had to be, like, some, like, shaman or some, like, how does that impact everything? And what? I feel like there's something in Alaska. I feel like Alaska would have a thing. Yes. Or, oh God, I think I'm going to get his hate mail now, Danny. Um, or in classic JKR it. fashion, um, she completely whitewashed all of American wizarding culture, but then like three years from now is going to have a tweet that says, oh, by the way, the Native American reservation school, insert school name here, always existed and we has never talked about it. And then everyone will be like, oh yeah, that's definitely a thing that that was not retconned and has always been happening. So um, 100%. Great work. Um, yeah. And then Quidditch. What happened with Quidditch? Quidditch is everywhere. Like, okay. So someone, I feel like this has gotten off of my sitcom idea, but like, I feel like someone explained it to me so well that they said that Quidditch would be everywhere in the States because we're so competitive with our high school sports that there's no way that we would just have Ilvermorny competing because like the community at large, like nationwide would want more Quidditch teams. Maybe intramural teams everywhere. Yeah, like a, a everywhere. Friday Night Lights, but with Quidditch? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Make some of those happen. Where do we write that to? Like, <laughs> Well, it's funny you mentioned uh, Creating Magic is actually now developing a new series now. <laughs> like, where'd you get that, this Steven? money <laughs> his muggle uh, work <laughs> no, well, no, no i wish um no that we all goes know, to pins that all goes to pins we all know that friend of the pod russell holly is super deep in some bitcoin GameStop, reddit stock trading you know <laughs> tomfoolery so he'll bankroll this whole thing well when it happens i want to be i want to at least be an extra and when it because like if it's one of my ideas i get to be an extra right no no that, that was way better than extra we'll make you like assistant yeah. director of new Ooh. project development or something you know we'll give you some oh cool that is yeah. pretty and a cameo let me, let me stretch them slytherin wings or i don't know <laughs> the, the slither raven i don't know let me do something. Yeah, eagles have wings. Snakes lack them. That would be, look. Snakes have wings when ew. eagles are eating them. Oh, I don't like that. New topic. New topic, Danny. New topic. <laughs> Let's talk about the goblet again. <laughs> that one went. <laughs> oh, wait. Made it worse. Do you have any other questions, Stephen? No, I think we've run the gamut of bizarre ramblings of Steven on this particular episode, so I'm good. So let's head into creator shout outs. So at the end of each episode, we enjoy shouting out some of our favorite creators. Uh, do you have anyone you would like to shout out, Darren? So I have this group that, let's see if I can find them. They are... Um, so let me shout out this group. It's, uh, Island Dolphin Care. Um, really cool place that, um, they have dolphins 
and they use them as like, instead of therapy horses or, or something like that for kids, they use dolphins. Like, it's just so fun. Like they have kids come in and swim with the dolphins um, to connect with them and to have fun with them. And I just think it's really cool. Um, other than that, I will always give a shout out to uh, Protego Foundation and uh, Potterhead Running Club because they they are they are our our organizations in crime, so to speak, or in doing good. There we go. I mean, that's more creative, uh, and they're really good to us. They've uh, Potterhead Running Club is always uh, sh- giving us shout outs and trying to help us along. So really appreciate those guys. I am going with, they are based out of Philadelphia. It is not a porch person. It's an organization, but Darren, your energy made me think of them. They are called Yes And Collaborative Arts. They are a performing arts organization that brings performing arts into the inner city and those who don't necessarily have access to it and also revision, like they a lot of them also teach in an educational setting and they focus a lot on the fact that not all children learn the same and how to translate that and do a lot more collaborative learning. So I'm going to shout them out. Y'all know out there that I've been on a journey with wax melts over the past couple of months. Um, the TLDR is someone sent me a wax melt and I thought it was an edible treat. So I bit into it, learned very quickly thereafter that it was wax and not, of course, an edible treat. Um, so it is in that spirit that I say my shout out for this week is wax underscore melt underscore wizard, which is a small family business making and selling scented themed soy wax melts using vegan friendly and animal cruelty free ingredients. They appear to be based in the UK. They have really cool uh, wax melts ranging a whole host of themes, not least of which is the wizarding world. Really cool stuff. Once I get through the rest of my wax melts that my lovely pin friends Stina, Dylan, and Nikki sent my way, I will be sure to try some of your products out. So shouts to you. Did you see the post from our dear friend Bradley at Bradley Bakes where he made gummies that could be mistaken for wax melts, but you actually get to eat them? Um, No, look, I'm going to hang on. Hang on. (laughs) You tell me, Darren, you're a neutral party in this. (laughs) I feel like I'm neutral. If you received in the mail, keep in mind the package arrived late December and was like a month late. So it had been traveling in the cold weather for a couple months. Let's say you received. Oh yeah, I do that. Unpackaged, yeah. not not packaged, just oh, in a box. And then a little cinnamon bun. The cinnamon bun would definitely, I would have bitten into that one. No, you know what had happened is I, I don't know if I would have bitten into it it probably would have gotten put in the microwave because if it was like, because I would have thought, Hey, it's frozen. It's been outside. And although I live in Florida, so no, I wouldn't have like, we don't get that cold. I'm thinking of when I lived in Illinois, I would have though. All I'm saying is people have been so quick to comment, shall we say on the decision-making that led to me eating what I thought was a loose candy in a package 
This goes back to drinking out of the rat goblet. Moose in a box, just rolling around, not packaged. I'm not saying I would drink out of the rat goblet. I don't know. I'm an excellent transfiguration wizard. You, there's no, there's, there's no, there's no wax or there's no fur. It's crystal goblet. Y'all, if you remember nothing else from the conversation, just please remember that there's no wax, there's no fur. There you go. There's the sound clip. There, there that's all. That, that's it. <laughs> Episode over. Done and dusted. We're out. I think that's the only way to end that one. Thank you, Darren, for joining. <laughs>